Hey, what's up? I'm Zach Aguilar. I play Tanjiro Kamado in Demon Slayer, Ether in Genshin Impact, Byleth in Fire Emblem Three Houses in Super Smash Brothers, Genos in One Punch Man, Koichi in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, David Martinez in Cyberpunk Edgerunners, and so many more. And I'm here on the Points of Experience Podcast. Coming up, we have one of the most exciting names in not just anime, not just video games, anything where voice acting is involved, this person who you just heard from is on, he's all over it. I mean, we're talking Genshin Impact, we're talking Demon Slayer, we're talking One Punch Man, we're talking Fire Emblem, the list goes on and on with one of the most talented you can't even say up-and-coming anymore, even though his explosion onto the scene has been somewhat recent. He's been around for for years, and everything that he does is really inspiring and magical, and uh, it really is setting the bar on this new standard we talked about with some of our other guests, but Zach Aguilar, you know, we see it in Cyberpunk just nominated for a, a Crunchyroll Award for Best Performance. It is no mistake why that is. Um, a great leader, you know, as he is in most of these properties, a great genuine human being as we've come to talk about a lot of his hardships in this episode, you know, how he got to where he is, the hard work that went into, you know, creating and affording him these opportunities to get into the industry. Uh, what goes into all of his performances, how he kind of assesses and breaks down his process, what he knows behind the scenes, his, his technical knowledge is, I must say, on par with me, and I hold my technical understanding to a pretty high standard. He's the full deal, the full package, the full Monty. Um, I was just so thrilled that he decided to join us on the podcast. Um, this has been such a treat to have people on the show and we're really trying to raise the bar with the guests and the quality of what we do here on the points of experience podcast so we'd really appreciate if you could take the moment to like this video subscribe review us on whatever platform uh, spotify apple you are listening to because it really will help us um continue to make some really amazing quality content so uh coming up right now we've got one of the best in the biz zach aguilar Okay, dude. Uh, so, what what was the cataclysmic meteor that happened today? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was I was about to. Uh, I worked on a session this morning, and uh, everything was fine. I went to go get lunch, and you know, like uh, we're recording remotely. Sometimes I kind of cut it close. Like I I was getting my setup ready about you know ten minutes, five ten minutes before I'm about to like link up with everybody, and. Uh, and I see just like the spinning wheel of doom on my Mac, like just going and it's just going and going and going. I'm like, OK, like maybe there's a program or something is like interfering with another thing. So yeah. I'm just going to hard shut my Mac off. So I just turn it off all the way. I turn it back on and uh, it won't boot. I mm. have a I, it gives me this cancel this little cancellation like symbol saying that uh, I cannot like it just won't like even let me load into any user profile like black screen of death uh, uh it's like a disc repair thing and i can hear like this disc in my mac making a little like 
sound. But granted, I've been using this this old 2013 iMac for about you know, I mean, it's 10 years. It's 10 years old. So, uh, and I've already had to repair the drive on it once. And it's so funny because I just got a new computer and I was thinking to myself, man, uh, I, I definitely need to back up all my stuff from that Mac, you know, so I can start using my new computer. Um, and then all of this happens. And, uh, long story short is I was on my new Mac trying to get everything set up. I have the, uh, like the Apollo twin. Yeah. Um, and which kind of made things a little bit more complicated. I love my Apollo, but, Mm -hmm. uh, there's security settings that you need to go in and change in the Mac. And it's not like, it's not like you just go into the little settings app on the Mac. Like you have to hard restart the Mac and then literally go into like the boot the like safe mode of the Mac Mm -hmm. in order to get to these security settings. I had to do all the security settings. And then by the end of it, I realized I needed a new Thunderbolt cable. I needed a Thunderbolt three cable because I was using a Thunderbolt one cable because my Mac was sold and I was using a converter. And I, it's, it's so crazy that like this happened. And the worst part about it was this session was an ensemble record session so i'm just like i'm calling the director i'm like i am so sorry guys like i don't know what happened my mac shut off uh, and granted everybody's super cool with it they're like oh yeah don't worry like take your time like just give us an update you know in the next 30 minutes let us know what's happening and i had to just give them a call and say i'm so sorry guys like i can't i can't do do this so what i did before coming on here was i drove myself to the apple store to go get a thunderbolt 4 pro cable so i can connect my apollo twin to my new macbook and wing my sessions for tomorrow and then hopefully the weekend will give me some time to reconfigure my whole setup like with my monitors and my booth and you know it's it's just a big pain (laughs) that's a nightmare dude that is like that is the you know where they say uh like when people who do a lot of theater they say they they have dreams that they're on stage and they're naked and they forgot all their lines like that's (laughs) your your version is the voice actor nightmare where your computer breaks down you can't connect to source connect your you know your your interface is exploded and what you were saying it's like you probably think the world is like this is the world is ending if you don't get this shit to work right now and everybody's gonna think like oh Freaking Zach, making us all sit around and wait here. This I, asshole. That's exactly what I. That's exactly what I was thinking the entire time. And I'm like, I am so sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm doing everything in my power to make it. Like, I I ripped my house apart, like looking for a cable that was gonna work for this thing. But that's the thing is, like, I have the same. You can't. You you can get the two confused. Like a USB C cable and a Thunderbolt cable yeah. look identical. Like it's or, or uh, not a Thunderbolt, but a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, a Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt 3 cable and a USB-C cable are like they look exactly the same same port mm-hmm. they'll both plug in but if it doesn't have that little lightning symbol above on the cable it's not a Thunderbolt cable and it won't work I tried like oh. it plugs in and it charges my computer but it doesn't work for my interface so uh yeah, lesson learned was, lesson was, learned <laughs> it was it was so crazy like my house right now is a mess because i pulled open every drawer every cable everything that i could find to try to like plug it in and make it work so uh yeah it, it was just a lot and 
has this experience now are you going to go buy a second computer that's like on the ready now so you never have to like if this does happen again you've got like all right backup already up to date insert ready for session has it gotten to that point or are you like i'll ride it out again i don't think that's gonna happen again you know i think what i'm gonna do this time is like my my next big thing in this whole ordeal is trying to get all of my software and things off of my other computer with a drive dead. So I think what I'm going to learn from this ultimately is to back up all of my stuff because uh, I did not have anything backed up. And yeah. I was thinking about it in my head, too. I, it's just so weird that this just had to happen like today. It'll never <laughs> happen when you want it to happen. And like no. if you had backed it up, the thing would have lasted a lifetime, you know, and <laughs> never, never would have died. Exactly. I, I had a similar thing happen for, for a session of mine where the the display went out and I thought the computer fried. Like I just like the, the back display, like the backlight went out. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's it. The computer is done. But also the battery had died too. And I knew this thing was on its last legs. And I was like, I got to get this to an external uh, a display real quick and try and get all the files over and i'm about like halfway through the file transfer and it just completely died midway through so i, oh, I got half of i got half of my shit so i i know that <sighs> life all too well man it's scary so, so it was so wild um you know just trying to make it work and i realized i was sitting there i, I sat there for like an hour trying to get stuff to work until realizing holy crap i need a proper cable for this because it's not it's not working. And I sat there. I waited for my Apollo twin to download all the drivers and everything that it needed to. And, it, and it's like three gigs. And I'm yeah. just like sitting there like, please hurry, <laughs> please download. I have the same interface. I know how insane it is. And it makes me. So are you somebody that became interested in like tech and all the the, the like the technological side of this industry? Was it did that enter your life because you were interested in that stuff or did it become a necessity because of the career that you were doing are you interested in the tech side of things or is it just like the gamer crossover are you a gamer too is that yeah oh totally yeah so um oh wow hard to hard to say i mean i (laughs) i think i'm interested in every everything because i know that this is like all of it is the business like you yourself are the business yeah so when I, I, I just kind of like to be in control of my own destiny. It's kind of like if you open up a bar and you don't know how to like cook cook a sandwich or make a drink like on the menu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I would want to know how to do all of that stuff because what if I ever needed to? You know, what if somebody doesn't show up for work? And I for whatever weird reason, um, I just felt like I needed to learn how to kind of do this. So I learned how to use, I remember like I learned how to use pro tools and I got the whole iLock thing and I was super interested in that. And then I, I grew up playing piano and I got a MIDI keyboard and I would mess around with it and kind of like make things sometimes. And I remember looking up like, what's a compressor? What's an EQ? And I watched Mm -hmm. like 10 different YouTube courses on it. Like just random videos like, you know, oh, this is how you do this. You tune the EQ and, and like, you know, just whatever, some random British person or something. Dude, I listened um, to probably the same guy who talks about all his various <laughs> compressor settings. Like, and if you go here, you make my compressor settings and it, make it sound like this. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I think that I, yeah, I've always just been interested in it. Like, um, one of the things I did is I went to a convention, one of my first ever conventions in 2015 and 
that and I made some money from that too in 2015. What I think I was like 17 or something, and I remember going with my dad. I was a guest at this uh, guest at this convention. I had just started doing VO, and the money that I made from that convention. I took every single bit of it and more from out of my own bank account at the time, and I went and bought myself a Neumann TLM 103 because I knew that I was going to need it. And then a year later, I ended up uh, getting a contract deal with Pandora Radio, funny enough, to do all of these commercials and stuff just from my house. And I think back about that, like, wow, like just really investing in myself you know and taking taking what i was making and always putting it into something that was going to further benefit my career in this whole thing i mean sure it's a risk but i guess i was just hopeful that it was going to work out uh huh that's that's like one of the th- there's a lot of reasons i'm going to compliment you very shortly in this show but i could tell before even knowing this about you that you are somebody who like whatever it is you work your ass off at like and i'm curious to dive oh, into you. that in the various capacities <laughs> <laughs> but that's like i feel like there the when you look at the people who are successful and i don't mean to say this like patronizing you for your age but at your age you're talking about being 17 and having the insight to say like you know, I think I'm going to need this microphone eventually before like home studios are even like remotely, <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. something that people should consider. Like that requires a, a level of thinking, like a, almost like a chess player, like thinking steps ahead. Like you you can't say like, all right, I just made this money from this convention. Now I need to invest that in this in case I get a job later down the line that's going to want the best microphone and have all this. Like that's a risk you're making from a business perspective. And I would like... Where does that for you in your life, where does all of that like drive to understand and be ahead of the curve and, and know that like where does that come from for you? Because if you started so young, were you just reading like books about like business? Where, where does this where did that start? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure. Maybe it maybe it has to do with like my parents. They vote. They always like pushed me to do really well in school i have a crazy backstory actually too where um like i kind of went through a lot as a kid i uh you know i'd like not to get too down in the dumps but uh when i was younger i uh, i had like a like an injury i broke um i broke parts basically of my back i broke my heels i broke my wrist i was in a wheelchair for like a year um and I like went on a whole recovery period for multiple years. The TLDR was I was jumping on a trampoline basically and I was on a drug that like lowers your bone density and so mm. like all my bones kind of cracked at once and it was not a great thing. So, you know, that kind of left me a lot of like and I was 9 when this happened, so it left me a lot of time to just kind of like ponder life and think about you know, doing something that really matters to me and voiceover specifically because I just loved anime and video games so much was the one thing that I just kind of honed in on. And I thought, you know what, this would be cool. Um, you know, this is kind of like my reason for living in a weird way. Like, I just like I really want to do this, like as insane as that sounds like, I don't know, it sounds kind of cheesy now thinking about it. But like nine year old me, that was what was in my head at the time. And so I just kind of had this fire lit under me ever since then. And and I slowly, you know, I, I I started recovering from my injury and I was about 
you know, 12 at this point. And I'm like, mom, I want to do acting stuff again. Cause when I was younger, my mom used to, she had me in doing like on camera stuff, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to do acting stuff, but I want to do voiceover specifically because I love anime. I love video games. And she's like, what's anime? <laughs> or like, I don't even, I don't even know if she knew how to pronounce it. My mom is always saying like, uh, like a nanny or something like she, <laughs> you know, she doesn't even know entirely what it is i mean she does now but yeah um i'd hope so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know um so yeah like i don't know i just kind of went through a lot i think as a kid and that's probably what sort of set me on this path to just try to think outside of the box because uh when i went back to school after all of this kind of had happened to me and i tried to like interact with the other kids i guess it didn't really seem it it just seemed like I was so different from other people like Mm. I had a hard time fitting in after all of that like I would look at all the other kids and look at what they kind of complained about in their life and I'm like it's so hard to relate to them because I don't think that they will ever understand like what I went through yeah um and just like even be back here in school right now was like like this is a chore this is something I had to fight for just to be back here um so yeah, I guess I was really passionate about voiceover and decided I would fight for that too. Wow. I first of all, that's insane. And I I really you are like a living anime protagonist with that kind oh, of story, man. That's, it is that's what I tell people. I'm like, that's my uh, anime backstory. Yeah. It's I mean, you have such a different perspective on like I to to relate a little bit, I had kind of a medical thing happen to me recently in life. And I remember having, I mean, I've had shit happen in my life. Don't get me wrong. And I've had, I've lost a lot of people. And when I had something that was very, like mortality was looking at me in the face kind of really closely, I never experienced like this idea of like, if I get through this, I am going to like love life as much as I humanly can. I'm going to try and be the best person that I can. I'm going to work as hard as I can on things. And I'm not saying sometimes it takes that, but when it does happen, it's like you, you're either forced with presenting your, yourself to rise to that kind of adversity and be like, I want to experience all these things, or it's very easy to kind of like let that consume you. Um, yeah. It winds up becoming one of those polarizing things in my experience. Maybe some people are able to just kind of like suppress it and <laughs> go on the way they are, but I'm sure that comes with a lot of their own challenges. But for you, though, it, it sounds like, really early really young you 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 found a love which is very rare for a lot of people to say i love this thing and i want to pursue something in it so i'd love to actually unpack even maybe what it was at that age that made you fall in love with video games or anime was there a specific show or a game like what was it that to you about anime or was there a specific show that you were like this is the shit that i love and i want to do something in my life with yeah oh 100 percent um so growing up i really loved naruto i thought that was one of the coolest shows ever um yeah, I don't know. yeah man i'm still a freaking naruto <laughs> you have it yeah there's a sage mode and everything dude my cat's name is sasuke so yeah oh is it really yeah <laughs> that's awesome um yeah i think naruto i don't know how i kind of related to it i think a, i think i saw a kid that was kind of outcast um you know for reasons that he couldn't control and in a way i think i kind of felt like that too a little bit as a kid and so i just thought the show was super interesting i got into it i loved naruto i loved his whole i loved the whole like trying to like improve yourself become stronger like he had a dream and he Mm. was gonna accomplish that dream no matter what even if it seemed impossible everybody laughed at him um 
so yeah i mean i just love naruto and then i kind of found my love of anime sort of through naruto i would say and then i went on to watch like death note code geass um so many other so many other shows i couldn't even tell you how many like i i was around when um (laughs) <laughs> like uh kids these days will not know i mean i'm only 24 but i remember when <laughs> when netflix used to be um physical like oh, they would yeah. send the dvds <laughs> and my parents would order dvds and i would order dvds and we'd get them in the mail um but i remember when netflix went digital and they were still doing dvds at this time but they were also trying out digital and they added a ton of anime to their library, like Bleach and all sorts of like they added like the first like hundred and something episodes of Bleach. And I watched all like 100 episodes and then there was even more and more. And I would just watch like every new anime that popped up on Netflix because I thought it was so interesting and cool. I think what I really loved about anime specifically was these kind of darker stories, I guess, that were told in an in an animation form and i hadn't you don't really see that too often in uh western cartoons and if you do it's kind of like you have to unpack it yourself mentally it's not as obvious that oh there's a whole dark story going on you know it's maybe it's more of a hypothesis or something like oh i think that this could actually mean this Mm -hmm. and then that and that's why those things are sunshine and rainbows but really those sunshine and rainbows don't stand for that that stands for like death Mm -hmm. the grim reaper and everybody's dead in this show (laughs) you know like this is spongebob everybody's dead yeah you know you know what i mean or something like how they have all those conspiracy theories about what a show means yeah anime just kind of you know shows it to you this is what you get you know somebody's dying and that's that like real consequences that was kind of the first time for me where you saw like a main character die and they weren't coming back i mean um yeah uh, uh, what's his name um asuma when uh, in naruto when yes. that happened i remember because i was watching that very early and I, I literally felt like heartbreak i felt like heartbreak for a show like a kid show i was so young i was like oh my they, they're not doing this where is the where's the scene where he drinks the the phoenix down like where where is it and it's, uh, it's like no no that's it you know he's gone i was like holy crap that's insane so i totally understand that love and i think that's why a lot of people do fall in love with it and it's it's funny how anime is having this little bit of a renaissance right now where it's cool to to be an anime fan where oh totally you see you see like dudes who you know are like the biggest gym brawlers wearing like death notes hoodies and stuff and i'm just like 10 10 years even 10 years ago if i was in the gym wearing that same thing i'd be getting made fun of in a way or or maybe not a gym but in high school you know what i mean like it's crazy to see this this change how it's so cool to be an attack on titan fan or to be a demon slayer fan it's such a it's it's i mean dragon ball z always had this kind of cultural pulse to a degree i think even that was like where the nerds and the cool kids could kind of have common ground a little bit because it was like these alpha males going insane people could resonate with that but now there's such these deep stories that you're talking about where it is um an underdog story a kid that came from nothing rising up and uh conquering the world so to speak um that i fell in love with that so it's cool to hear you say that it definitely makes sense now where did that link of love for that when did that turn into oh there's people who voice these characters i want to do that how did you make that link so i remember uh googling the cast of naruto 
randomly. I think I think I had thought about it and I thought kind of, oh, this would be cool. I wonder who who the actors are behind this show. And in my mind, I don't know why I just assumed that they were all like kids. And I think Mm. that's why I really wanted to do it myself because I was also a kid. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, let's see who who who's doing this. And to my surprise, they weren't kids at all. (laughs) Um, And then I learned and I was like and I would go and I like went on YouTube and I Googled like a Naruto voice actors panel and I found what found out what everybody looked like. And I thought it was just the coolest thing. I'm like, wow, these people have such unique voices. Like they don't sound anything like how they look like Mm -hmm. in my head. I'm so used to them talking as like a character (laughs) and but, you know, there's like some dude's face like this voice is coming out of him. Why does he sound like why does he sound like a 15 year old? Like what? Mm-hmm. How does this how does this make sense? You know, how does um, and it's same with Miley Flanagan, too. She's so unbelievably talented and amazingly sweet, by the way. But I saw a panel of her a long time ago when I was first looking all of this stuff up. And I'm like, how does she do that? Like, how does she make her voice like scratchy? Like that is that's so weird. But awesome. <laughs> it's, it is, that was a very big surprise for me when I started realizing that a lot of these characters, you know, Luffy, Naruto, they're voiced by uh, women. And I was like, they, they capture the essence of this young boy mentality so perfectly and even age the way that the progression of these characters going into adolescence and to some, for some of these characters, adulthood. It's crazy to see someone just fully embody a character like that and uh it, it's kind of magical and uh it, I, I had very similar experiences myself and i remember seeing it when doing some research on you you had done your first instance of i don't know if you had been working already or something was some panel you were on you were talking about your first thing you went to like an anime expo open call thing and you went oh, yeah. auditioning so where, at what point in your career was was that was that like before you had worked at all or had you had done some things and then that was uh just like sugar on top of the cake right um so i had done i believe at this point i had done just like a few very small very very small things like bit parts walla in a few um random shows that i got brought in for and uh, basically nothing really else beyond that. I remember I was trying to I'm like, wh- like, why hasn't the studio sent me any auditions? Like, why is this so hard to like, just get like, all I want is an audition for a character or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> As a name. But they just keep bringing me in for Walla, like random voices. I'm like, I want to audition for something. And I remember I, so I was in line at, um, well, it's so funny because I went to anime expo. I, I know a lot, this story kind of gets portrayed i think in a different way because a lot of people think that i just went to anime expo for fun and like and then just just like popped in line and then like this all kind of happened for me um to be honest with you my sole goal for going to anime expo was just to go like to try out for this thing to go to this to go to this competition i remember i was like stalking their facebook page and i was like obsessed with it i mean like i had notifications on it i'm trying to figure it out and then they said that Every morning they release like a hundred tickets or something that you need to go get like a ticket for a call time. And so I remember like lining up super early outside Anime Expo, just waiting to get in there. I I was like one of the first people in, ran in, went right into the um, exhibitors hall, got the little ticket. And it said like, okay, your call time. And this is like at... I don't know what this is, like 8 or 9 a.m. or something. Like it's pretty early. And it says like, yeah, your call time is at... 
2.30 or something. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to just hang out and, you know, link up with some friends. And so I did that. So don't get me wrong. Like, of course, I still loved anime, but like truly this was the one reason why I really, really wanted to go to this was so that I could go try out for this uh, kind of this competition. And uh, what happened uh, one of the times when I was there is, um, you know, my time was coming up and you just kind of watch all these other people perform, right? And you get kind of nervous. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, they like this studio already knows who I am. Like, I think that they would have given me an opportunity. Like, you know, there there must be a re- like they haven't given me an opportunity yet. So, like, even if I do this, I doubt anything's going to happen for it. And all the doubt was kind of like setting in. Uh-huh. And um, one of my friends, I don't even know if she remembers this at all, but it's Erica Lindbeck. She was there at like at the just hanging around the booth talking with people because we were all kind of like everybody was sort of friends we had all known each other from working in or from taking some of these uh the classes at bang zoom entertainment Mm. um and she kind of she she kind of pushes me in line and she's like she's like we're gonna actually we're gonna do this like we're gonna do it together i gotta i got a ticket too and so i was like what she's like yeah i got like we're both gonna just like hop in line and and do it um and I, I can't remember if uh, she had a ticket for that exact time or how <laughs> she actually got like in it. But basically, she went and did her audition before me. So how it worked is they lined us all up by a wall. And uh, the first three people in the line got scripts to look over. Mm-hmm. And you could choose what script that you want. Like if you want the evil wizard, you know, some uh, big giant monster villain or like the young hero um and so i chose like the young hero when they gave me the script i remember like i was shaking when i went up there i kind of blacked out i I don't really remember much of anything i was so nervous like reading the lines um because it's like on us it's sort of like on a little mini stage in front of all the people around you but um truly i really have erica to to thank for just kind of like giving me that that extra push that I needed to go in there. She's like, Oh yeah, like we'll just do it, whatever. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, it's not a, it's not a big deal. Like it's just for fun. Um, and then three weeks later, they, I might've been two or three weeks later, they gave me a call and said, congratulations, you won. Um, wow. So that was, it's one of those moments, you know, and I think about it a lot. Like I think a lot about it when I doubt myself on something, Mm And I think back to that moment, I was like, if I gave into my doubt back then and I just kind of curled and <laughs> curled up, didn't go and do it and didn't push myself, uh, what would I what where would I be right now? Would would any of this have happened? Would it would it still have happened in some way? Or was that my moment to, you know, was that the chance that I got mm. So I think about that a lot. And I think because that I had that experience, I have a lot of faith in myself for random things that I probably shouldn't have faith in uh, just because I I just feel like, you know, you have to try. You always have to at least try no matter what, even if it looks like it's not going to work. You have to try. Mm. That's it, it's so interesting how our lives can get altered by these we like you can find specific moments obviously that was a huge part of you getting started in some capacity it's not to oh, say yeah. that you hadn't been grinding and that couldn't have happened another way but it's definitely for you a clear identifiable mark to say like wow i can go back and say like that 
led to something tangible. I won something. Like I did a good enough job to where people recognize the hard work that I've been putting into whatever it is I've been working. And it sounds like you'd been fiending for this opportunity for a minute to to get your shot. Right. Uh, I would love to know, like, what? So, how did you get that? Where you you just decided at some point to take classes at Bang Zoom, and then they liked you, and they're like, come in for Walla and Bit Parts. Is that how that kind of started with you getting in to meet these people and who? how they somewhat knew who you were? Uh, Yeah, so that was pretty much it. I remember looking up, like, how can I, you know, what studios record anime? What, where can I do this? And I found a lot of, like, Funimation, Funimation, Funimation. And I'm like, oh, Funimation's in L.A. And so for the longest time, I always thought that Funimation was Bang Zoom because I just thought all anime, just because Funimation is such a huge, or Funimation was a huge, you know, anime distributor, I just assumed that they did every anime, but that wasn't correct. Um, and so then I found out Bang Zoom. I found out Bang Zoom existed, and um, yeah, ended up just kind of taking looking on their website. I saw they were linked up with another thing called Adventures in Voice Acting. Mm-hmm. Tony Oliver. Um, yeah, and and he's the director for a lot of like really notable, huge anime out there. And I just uh, I remember just begging my mom i said mom i found an anime class and you like get to you get to like dub the anime like if you were working on it in a professional studio like that blew my mind at the time and i was like please mom please just let me take one class i'll never ask you for anything ever again and my mom and it's like a one-day class and my mom was like okay sure you know (laughs) and she kind of thought i was probably a little crazy at the time and she you know, wasn't, I think, I think the reason why my mom was kind of more on board with it was just because I had already gone through like a lot in my life and, and just to see her kid probably so passionate about something Mm. after like all of this hardship was probably somewhat inspiring or something to my mom. So she just kind of wanted to support me and she, she did believe in me, but it wasn't like a full, like, Oh yeah, you can just go do this. Don't worry about anything else here. The rest of your life. She's like, no, like, you know, like you can do this on this, like you can have fun with this, but like stay in school, you yeah. know, if your grades <laughs> don't start put your sucking, day, day job, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. She's like, if your grades, if you, if anything, if your grades start going down, like w- we can't support you on this. So, yeah. I mean, it was still that whole kind of deal. Wow. I, was, were you regularly taking classes at Bang Zoom and then they started bringing you in for the bit parts? Because I'm also really curious, like, and I want to break down each of these things as we get yeah. along. But you have, you didn't go to school for theater or drama or college or anything like that, right? Specifically to study in acting, correct? N- no. In When I was in high school, though, I, um, or when I was like in, when I was in middle school, I had just I had done a little bit of theater training, mm-hmm. um, and then I had also, um, what's it called? I had also uh, I had also tried out for like the performing arts program for high school, uh-huh. um, and I got into it, and I did like. I did like a semester at high school and then I ended up being homeschooled actually for the rest of it because I was starting to like do things in the industry and it wasn't wasn't really a good mix, even though the high school claimed like, oh, yeah, we can accommodate. But when you go back to school after like being gone, like, you know, you're working a job or something and you come back to school the next day 
and you just have to skip all your lunch breaks to make up tests and stuff. That's not fun. Like no. nobody wants to do that. I can't imagine. That's crazy. So I, 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 I'm curious about that because, and we've talked about this with other guests on the show, and we've eloquently broke it down. Where I think a lot of people think you need to have a Juilliard de- degree or whatever it is to oh. be a good actor. It's like there's this <laughs> yeah. notion where, I mean, trust me, I'm one of the biggest advocates for for getting training. That's what my background is. But it's so apparent that someone like you where there's this raw passion and dedication and love for the 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 craft of of what it is where i look at some of your work now and even some of your earlier work and actually like reviewing it before doing this it's like there is just such a you can smell the passion and like the the full commitment to these roles even at you know like i look at what you did in hunter hunter i mean how old were you when you when you did that oh wow i don't know i think that was in was that like 2018 or something? I don't know. That might have been. <laughs> that's that's fairly early on, I imagine, yeah. in, in the career before, you know, a lot of the explosions that have happened, you know, Demon Slayer and um, oh, to- I mean, even One totally. Punch Man. It's like these these roles that yeah. it's like and, and that's something, too, I want to touch upon. But like you had such a fire and it, it's it's so clear in these roles you're doing the classes at Brit Bang Zoom. They bring you in for for the Walla sessions. What is that first opportunity where they gave you the shot to kind of shine, where you are like put now putting those skills to the test, in in more than just like the filler aspect, which is for people who don't know, Walla is oftentimes the background characters. Yeah. Um, so kind of like at, like after the background characters. Yeah, when... where was that first moment where you have like a character that's like <laughs> is is implemented into the plot, and you're you're either like right. you know you have some sort of effect on the storyline. Oh, totally. Yeah. So that was pretty much all I had done up until up until that competition. So I tried out for that competition. They gave me a call, said congratulations, you won, and then they put me in a show called uh, Magi, the Kingdom of Magic. Oh, I know it. Yeah. And yeah, so so I got put in that show and they gave me a named character and then I had also done like some bit parts that where where they also had names strangely enough but they were never seen again. Um <laughs> so yeah, that was that was like the first thing I think afterwards and then um very very shortly after that I went on to do a show called um, all know a zero. So I, so I will say this, uh, being put in Magi, the kingdom of magic gave me an amazing opportunity to meet the producer, uh, from Aniplex. Mm. Uh, so they also, they do a lot of anime and they actually do demon slayer funny enough. Um, but so I met that producer and, uh, her name was Sawako. She really liked me and she liked how, you know, young I was and she could tell I was like really determined. And I went in and I was just, you know, very professional. I, cause you know, this was extremely serious to me. This wasn't like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do funny voices and like make money off of it. Yeah. It was like, this is my dream. Like, this is all I ever cared about. I remember Tony sometimes would talk about, um, you know, characters and weird people that he'd meet throughout the years in his classes. And I'm like, that is just insane to me. Like, how could these people not take this so seriously? <laughs> like, I take it so seriously. And um, from meeting meeting this producer, uh, I ended up getting uh, another opportunity, I would say about probably six, seven, eight months later after I won the competition. That was to audition for a main character in their next show, which was called Aldno Zero, and then I played 
Uh, and then I ended up getting that role and then I played that main character for like 25 episodes and it it just kind of kept the it got the ball rolling I got to work with a director the director that I worked with ended up walking me into my first agent Mm. um and it was just kind of a whole thing and it just kept growing and growing and growing I mean that's sort of how I like to see this industry starting out it starts as like a little small snowball like you get through the door and then you start going start rolling downhill it's a little small snowball and just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until it's just massive and nothing can stop it now yeah (laughs) and that's kind of where you you, you've been at and all the congratulations to you on all the success you've had man it's it's really (laughs) it's inspiring for a lot of people i think because a lot of especially you know starting out young and and I'm, i'm actually curious if what is we don't have to get too insanely technical here on like what your your technique is, but how do you do you have a way you approach things? Is it what you've learned from those classes? Did you find your own kind of approach to things like where like what is that magic that's happening from the second you get to your sides to the moment you record an audition to the second you're in a booth? Like what do you have any things that you could point out and say like I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this and that's how I feel prepared. Right. So, um Something that I think helped me a lot early on is uh, with dubbing specifically was just timing. I was very fortunate to grow up and played piano for my entire life. Mm. And because of that, I just always had like some weird sense of timing. Like I could hear something in my ear and then I could repeat the same phrase and probably be only like half a second off, if not less. So it would be, you know, I could hear a whole sentence, da 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 and then I would do the whole thing, da 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 and I would repeat it just kind of like how it was. Um, somehow I just knew the timing, and it was just very easy for me, so I never really had to... I never had to look too much at the picture when you dub in the mouth flap, so I could focus more on the, on the script... I think something that was a huge growth for me in terms of voiceover was uh, was just doing vocal warm-ups and singing exercises. I think that truly took me from like one level to the next entirely because I had no idea like what my range was even capable of. Like, <clears throat> for example, I had no idea that I could do this. And I didn't know that this was even possible. Like, I I didn't know that I was able to do that until I had done, like, a ton of singing warm-ups. I learned about this thing called vocal fry and, um, you know... Dude, yeah, it's just so weird. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Because you know, I was gonna ask this a little bit later, but like when you, when I hear roles like even what you did in Hunter Hunter or even Genos and One Punch Man, like for people who don't understand, and and this is a good lesson, I think for 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 people like you don't have to be a vocal alchemist and be able to make your voice do crazy things because i think when people focus on that that's where you lose the performance sometimes you get a little too hung up on like what the voice sounds like but in your situation right here for you in these circumstances like even for me when i notice i'm trying to uh because we have pretty similar like at resting vocal timbers right we we could probably be freaking long lost brothers in a freaking dimension (laughs) i mean just looking at us uh (laughs) funny enough but like when you when i hear you like in one punch man i don't i i can't even find zach like (laughs) and i mean that as a compliment because that's what i think really 
for me, when I'm like analyzing and it's hard for me not to analyze performances, like when I watch things, that's become like the weird part of this career. When you watch things, it's also kind of oh, like yeah. you start like oh, I feel, yeah. judging, not judging from like, a, oh, that was bad. But you just go, like, oh, that was an interesting choice. You see how they went there instead of doing this? Like, oh, how they totally when I watch when I watch your performance in One Punch Man, I can't. I can't freaking smell Zach, and that is one of the most impressive things, and it's very early on in your career. Is that something that you had made a choice to do, or or where... How did that? How did that come about from you, like deciding to take that risk? Because it's so far removed yeah. from the the person I hear right now. Right. Um. So it's funny because when I auditioned for that show specifically, um, for One Punch Man, uh, I I had did I had done four auditions for it, which is kind of crazy. Like especially for an anime, mm. like you know, usually it's like you do an audition and you get it or you don't get it. But they had me keep doing auditions. Same with um, same with I believe Max Middleman also did a lot of auditions for his role. So I went in, did my audition. I'm like, okay, this is the first initial one. Probably won't get it because I really want it, so <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and then they sent me that email like congratulations you got a callback um can you actually come in for this callback and so i went into the studio for the callback they're like and i did it and they're like okay cool all right like next <laughs> you know and i'm like okay uh, i think i felt decent about that i probably could have done a little bit better but you know whatever yeah. um and then they call me back in again and i'm like whoa so does that mean that i did a good job on the last one like what is happening am i getting close and i find that yeah it's kind of been narrowed down between a few people and then i think i went in again after that and um and for the fourth one um they just kind of like were messing around with the voice of it they're like okay can you change your voice at all like do you, can you go lower and so like it started out like it started out me kind of using my own voice like he was talking like this all the time. And, I, and so I, that's what I thought it was going to be. And they're like, can you make it lower? And I'm like, yeah, sure. OK, I'm going to talk like this all the time. They're like, no, can you make it even lower? I was like, OK, I will talk like this all the time. And they're like, oh, maybe a little bit lower. I'm like, OK, I will talk like this. Yes, yes. And they're like, OK, that's the voice. Can you do that for like four hours? Can you do that for these four hour sessions? And growing up every acting teacher I, I think even tony said it once in one of his classes he's like okay so this is what you do when they ask you if you can do something you say yes and you figure it out later <laughs> and so i was like okay yes i can do that voice for four hours for sure uh -huh. that's easy um and then during the sessions i remember it was very it was very taxing like yeah. it, not not on the vocal cords specifically but i think the muscles that i use like around my neck to keep like my voice to keep that in place yeah. to like those muscles that i just like you know it's like me like flexing my muscle like all the time i'm just flexing it the entire session yeah. doing that voice um and sometimes i was afraid to like un unflex it i guess because then i was worried i wouldn't be able to reach that timber again yeah <laughs> so there, there was a, it, there was a lot of uh there was a lot of learning i think it, while i got to work on that show about what i'm physically capable of it is so impressive to watch that and hear it it literally sounds like you're clicking the voice modulator switch like it's <laughs> so can you i don't know if you can and i don't i hate to put you on the spot like this can you dissect any sort of sense that might 
resonate with someone like what you're going through to achieve that smooth of a transition. And obviously for anybody listening, this takes a lot of practice and don't think like the second you try something, you're going to get it. I'm sure you've spent a lot of time with your voice <laughs> talking to either yourself just or in your randomly booth. trying to, yeah, just like waking up in the morning and be Hey, I would like uh, like a waffle. Yes, like, <laughs> a lot of prank yeah, phone calls, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Exactly. Can, can you can you break that down? What you were doing to get to the point where you felt even comfortable to like do that in an audition? Yeah, um, you know, I think so. What I had stumbled upon was just like some some singing warm ups and and a little bit of that uh, that the vocal fry thing. And I mean, I'm no like voice person sure. like voice teacher but i hear a lot about like you know just kind of um the way that the this some of these lessons that i found on youtube way back in the day had they had um they had said that a lot of people are scared of vocal fry because they think that it's like damaging to the voice mm -hmm. and again like I don't know for sure, um, but I tried it and it worked out for me. But uh, but it was just kind of these exercises where you would go, whoa, 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 whoa. like that that little that that kind of morning sound that you wake up with yeah. in your voice. You just kind of you you emulated a lot, I think, in these in these vocal exercises that I did. And I just remember doing that all the way down to like a low pitch. And I remember just kind of like just stretching my head a little bit, tilting my neck and and then finding like this whole other resonance. It, it's truly like like really chest chest resonance, I guess. And that in vocal fry combined with the right support in the diaphragm creates, you know, there's like four different things happening at once. I think when I do that voice. <laughs> so I think when it all kind of clicks together, then it makes it sound like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after I figured it out, I just, uh, you know, once I, so funny enough, One Punch Man was the first time I had ever done kind of like a lower voice and I didn't really do it until I was doing that callback and then I did that whole show. Um, and so after I did the show, then I was comfortable to try that voice out in an audition, you know, or do a random thing. Like people, some of the clients that I work with, they love it because I get brought in for like one random guy, yeah. like, you know, like, no, my lady, I will not do that. And they're like, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, like we have like this, you know, muscly pirate. I'm like, cool, give him to me. And I was like, it's me, the muscly <laughs> pirate. I will kill them all. They're like, who are you? Yeah. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know, it, but they it, they think it's really entertaining. Well, not only is it entertaining, it makes you just so much more bookable and viable of the person to bring in for a session because so many of these games and these animes have ancillary characters. And like, if you... For for anyone who doesn't know, a lot of these count contracts, it's literally, it's written into the contract. It'll say, like, up to three characters or up to X amount of characters. And if you can right. transform yourself like that and also be believable, it doesn't sound like, you know, that's the point I was trying to make. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like Zach trying to be a, a deeper voice. It's <laughs> a complete transformation. That, that to a studio, to a director, to a producer goes, that person is someone who I want to I want to have a relationship with because I know if I get into more situations where like all right we have the main cast filled let's say so to speak but I know I can bring Zach in and he can play the gamut here you know we can cover all these different things so instead of casting three separate actors we cast Zach 
And he do, he does all three believably, and the the, the performance is authentic. It, there's enough of a change to where the character is completely separate, and that doesn't define somebody to have a career. But for you, it's just it it, it just again shows all of that hard work that has gone into your your career and <laughs> what I know probably to some people feel like this dude is is reached you know this cataclysmic reach. But it's like I truly believe again. I had like Kylie McNeil on, who's 20 years old. For you. Both, you're such at a young age. I feel like it, you're just you're still at the bottom of the summit to where the potential is for for what all you have to offer. Um, yeah, it's really impressive, man. Uh, and, Thank you. And you mentioned earlier too. I want to touch on this. You talked about doubt a little bit and how those moments come. How with a lot of the success you've had, like what role does doubt play? in your life as a performer today like how does that manifest for you does it still manifest and how how are you like how are you combating that does it does it come in the form of like i didn't think i could get this role or this is a really tough role or i'm working with this person or this is a really intimidating director like where does doubt come into you today for zach I think it's funny enough. I mean, a lot of people will think too, even at this point, at this stage, like it's gotten to a point where I'm just so blessed. And this has been a like I've gotten to a point where this is actually like a viable career, you know, just (laughs) starting out. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm making a decent amount, but I'm not working all the time or I'm not working every week. And I've just gotten to a point where I'm working basically every single day on, you know, not just one thing, but even multiple things. And even with all of that, I think I still experience um, I still experience not the same amount of doubt. It's just in different ways, in different forms. Me, a little bit of a, of imposter syndrome. Sometimes you don't think that you kind of like deserve some of the stuff that you've. I'm like, I don't know if I've deserved if I deserve this or deserve mm. that, or you know, maybe I could have done maybe I could have done something better. Like you get so critical of yourself. I mean, I know they say that everyone is their worst critic, Very true. and that's especially the case for myself. Like, there's so many things I'm like, oh wow, like you know, I could have done that better, or oh wow. I wish that I didn't scream on that uh, like fighting game mm. session before I went and did the youngest character possible because I can tell like I can hear my voice falling apart. But, you know, it's just kind of how it how it is. But I have those moments all the time where, you know, I'm sometimes I realize, do I really know what I'm doing? Like, Do I even <laughs> do I even know anything about you know this in the industry because it still happens like i still feel that same way not a whole lot has changed between like 14 year old zach starting out versus me like i'm more confident now in a lot of things and i feel like i'm better at interacting with people Mm. personally um instead of being like an awkward 14 year old like (laughs) i would enter a room and maybe say a word if that you know be like hi bye like uh but yeah no totally like i still feel it every single day in different forms yeah whether it's like an audition or something that i'm reading sometimes i I question myself on a lot of auditions i do i'm like i don't know if i like this audition Mm. did i even send this in like is this is this just bad like too bad to even submit (laughs) you know what i mean i've had those very very similar experiences and I, I, first of all, it's so funny, and I think it's the sign of a of a great artist because I don't think anybody who's worth their salt ever thinks like I'm the shit. I think the greatest artists, <laughs> I think the greatest artists are always in a constant pursuit of 
what can make me better and for you to constantly have that even in these positions where you you know you're the title character in certain franchises and and to to constantly be striving to make it better is what i've had spoke speaking to a lot of our peers and these people in similar positions like that's what's elevated this career to a new standard and it's why anime and video games are at an all-time high in terms of their appeal because the quality of the product is so much better than what it has been in previous years because everybody like the gates like it's like all the soldiers charging for the gate for that opportunity you know what i mean and you have to freaking kick ass at what you're doing and you've had opportunities and you know uh in tanjiro and uh, demon slayer and you know you're genshin impact and the near series and 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 everything that you've done it's all good you know i watched cyberpunk edge runners and congratulations on thank you you know they haven't they haven't um announced that the winners for that thing yet right there was just the nominations not not yet no okay yeah they nominated me for that uh that voice which was so cool i'm like i don't i'm like i feel like i've been nominated maybe for one other thing before but to have it come from like the anime giant Crunchyroll, like you know their anime awards that are apparently like the the awards are i didn't realize that they're like a physical thing that they take place in tokyo i believe so that was news to me (laughs) so i had no idea um yeah it's super super cool that's well first of all best of luck and i loved that like thank you that was fingers crossed. Uh, yeah seriously fingers crossed and for anybody who hasn't watched it it's become like one of my favorite shows of all time it's very rare that something that a ip that came from a video game that moves to any other media specifically animation is successful i can count on three fingers literally like i i put it up there with arcane castlevania and edge runners of and and dota dragon's blood so maybe you know i can count it on one hand that oh, yeah. there's like an IP that started from a video game and like captivated me independently of that video game like the video game aside it's just like it's so good your performance is so dynamic and complex and raw and real and different than a lot of the other things that you've done and it's it's just a magical world, and I, I loved Night City when I, I played the game, and to just see this different version of it in more of like a a, a Tron way, like it's just so much more pastel, not pastel, it's just like vibrant in, in, a, in a very different way that adds to a whole different viewing experience. What for you was like the most rewarding part of working on that show to a point where it's like, you know, this is now nominated on a global level like that. It, it's, yeah. it's it's a different, I think, category of, of popularity. Oh, for sure. Um, And that's the thing is working on the show. Nobody like we everybody had hopes that, you know, the show was going to be popular. But to to this extent was definitely not foreseen. Yeah. So it's very cool to see. Um. Yeah, I mean, one of the some of the favorite things that I loved about the show was just the passion that the team that I worked with had it like so we had people that I was working with from Poland and from Japan and they would both get online at the same time and I'd be in I'd be up in LA recording at 9 a.m. Um and that was the time that we would do the sessions. They were like 9 a.m. to 1 because that was the time that worked out for everybody on a global scale. Yeah. And even then, those poor guys like in Japan, I don't know what it was. It was like, you know, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Like it, some some of their times were <laughs> completely thrown off. It, but everyone was there completely dedicated, focused to every single moment on that show. Um, 
they were very open to you know nuance or even some even like changes and stuff in the script which i will say at least like in my in my anime dubbing experience usually everything is just kind of like how it is and it moves at a very specific pace mm -hmm. but for this i will say i feel like it got the love that a um that like a prelay show would get like mm. an original animation like everybody was just very tuned and honed in so working with the team i think and seeing their passion just made me have even all that much more passion for that show every single time i went in you know i just tried to think about uh the character that i played david just trying to think about his just you know kind of like his emotions his goals what he's going through is if he's bottling up like all the stuff that goes down in the first episode oh. throughout the rest of the series you know i mean who does he ever really talk to about it you know and so it just makes me think about how all of this is going on in his head and he just kind of like plays it off as like yeah it's like whatever it's not a big deal like this is just my life now you know just screw everybody yeah um Street that rap. was kind of <laughs> yeah like that was his whole that was his whole uh whole i think uh you know persona that he kind of put on but then you get to those points in the show where it it kind of dips down a little bit and you have room to play with more emotion and i think um i don't know i think i think that overall it was just a really cool experience not to mention i was familiar with the game before i even recorded it mm. Did, so, did that help that you feel nice. like, did you feel like that added, like, were there moments where that came, because I had that as, like, when I was working on uh, Neo, like, I had played the original game, so, like, terms coming yeah. up, you're just like, oh, I, yeah, I know what that is, like, you don't have to sit here and spend time explaining it to me. It, exactly, yeah, um, it's funny because, like, sometimes they would, they would explain something to me about, like, Night City, or about, like, yeah, this is what happened in this, and that's why this is happening here, and I'm like, oh, so this is just, like, like this part in the game yeah and they're like oh wait you you know it you you played the game and i'm like yeah like i played <laughs> the game and they're like oh wow well that makes this easier um we love that uh so definitely had those moments for sure yeah it's it's like you were saying it's you know also it seemed like a show to to comment on that you said it was like a prelay when I start, first started watching it, I thought you guys did that. I didn't realize it was a dub until, like, oh, yeah. the second <laughs> episode. I was like, wait a second. I was like, wait a second. What? And it's a credit to, like, your performance and obviously the production, the direction, like, making sure all the things look and sound authentic. But, like, I even remember there was a point where I don't know if this was what the translation was in Japanese, but they're like... Yeah, my you're like my finances are lagging or something. I can't remember what it was, but I was like they used the term of lagging as like a way of saying like 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 the way that yeah. it translated to contemporary like vocabulary. It just seems so authentic and real and very uh, like the the performances you guys had were so true to picture. It was either you guys doing a great job at matching the Japanese or just such a a, a great job you know emotionally that you you tuned into what it was so it's it's a, a success on so many different levels and just kudos to you for like being the, the centerpiece of that like i really resonate a lot with like what you did on that show with the success of it oh thank you i i thought that it was just awesome because uh the i gotta give credit where credit is due the writing on that show was 
phenomenal yeah. um especially for like a for a dub because a lot of things don't get me wrong like i've worked on a lot of anime now and i've seen you know it, it's very fast-paced usually the and not not just like from a dubbing standpoint like from when i work on it but from a whole production standpoint it's always very very fast-paced like they give the script to the writer they give the translation to the writer the writer has like a couple days to write the entire script for that episode mm-hmm. they write it next thing you know we're in the booth and that's when we get our script like you know 20 seconds before the session starts and so it's a whole it's a whole thing um and i think that the writers just killed it with this with cyberpunk i mean they knocked it out of the park park all of the lingo that is from the game is in there like they have chum they have nova they they're replacing certain words they're like you know what i think it'd be better if he said this yeah and sometimes i would say i would do a line and it wasn't uh it wasn't sloppy enough they're like you know what instead of like saying like uh like saying, what's that over there? Why don't you start it off and say, it's that over there? Like, why you don't need to even say what? Like, just say, like, it's that over there. Yeah. I'm like, I can, I'm like, I can say that? And they're <laughs> like, yes, you can. I'm like, that is crazy because if I ever did that for anything else, yeah. they would tell me, like, no, you have to enunciate every single word that you say. Mm. What's that over there? Like, what freedom, right? What freedom to like that's I think what maybe what you're expressing is what allowed that freedom for performance because you can like relax into the character a little bit where sometimes those right. technicalities start dictating things you can do in a dub whereas like for you it's like no relax into what this character would do breathe the way that they would breathe and then like we'll try and tinker the way that we can to make it all match up to like based on what you're trying to give us and instead of like the opposite way no you do what we're trying to give you because we know the character better than you that's what i think happens <laughs> yeah. a lot of the times with uh, these dubs uh specifically and i, I want to jump quickly to um like demon slayer because this is yeah. one of those things too where i'm sure it was monumental for you in your career and and pivotal and kind of the trajectory of your success as a as an actor yeah i i'm gonna give you this is gonna be this is will we'll end up being a compliment so just bear with me as i as i get to the compliment because it's, it's a it's a good compliment i was a uh, when i first heard about demon slayer my friend was trying to sell me on it this was before i even knew what it was like it popped up on netflix and they were trying to like convince me to watch it's like i just don't know if i want to watch this show like one of my buddies was telling me and um I, I wound up putting it on, and, like, first episode, I was like, okay, I, I see where this is going, like, typical shonen anime, like, I got it, but as I, like, started giving this show a chance, and I'm specifically watching you with Tanjiro, I'm watching this character, and it's, I don't know, and I'm curious if this was a, a um, in your preparation, or if this was direction, or if it was a happy accident, because of the trauma that this character goes through and the tremendous amount of growth that is required and training to, you know, become the character that he, he is now as we watch in, what is it, the third season? Are you on the, the third, fourth season? Where yeah, yeah. That, we're working on that third one. Yeah, so <laughs> to see the growth, like, I'm, I, I, I'm watching you from this character that st- starts off in, like, kind of this you know, normal life, just gathering stuff for his family, making sure they're all, ha- they're all happy and everything to like this complete trauma and tragedy. And I see that in your performance, the pain and the growth and the confidence and the resilience that happens. Like I'm, I don't know if that was like you warming up to the character, if that was the director saying, okay, we're going to start here and we're going to like, he's going to build towards this. Or if that was you saying, all right, I know what's going to happen to this guy. I need to get to this point eventually. But the arc that you've created for that character, 
character is so crystal clear, and it's one of the things that sold me on the show. Was that all conscious for you? How like what was the decision to get like for him specifically? Yeah. So going into the show, I I uh, I had done some research on the manga, and I you know made sure to read through it like what I could. Um, every single season that I work on, usually I just read through the manga again. I've already read the entire thing, by the <laughs> way, but I make sure to read through it just to kind of like get a feel for what is happening, what's going on, um, and like the point that we are at right now in the story. Uh, I knew that he was. I saw that like him go through all of that tragedy and I just tried to I tried to slowly um, just add in things that, you know, he's gaining more experience. He has a you know, he loses everything kind of in the first episode except for his sister. And I really tried to I I mean, I'm an only child, so it was a little like weird for me um, because people ask me that all the time. Yeah. but I tried to just kind of like put my family members or like my mom and my dad in, in Nezuko's position. I'm like, if I only had like one parent or like one sibling like left, I had nobody else that was related to me, mm. like in the entire world. Like this is all I this is the only family member that I have left. Um, You know, what are you going to do for them? And so he's going to the ends of the earth to try to find try to find a cure really to turn her back into a human it's it's really just his whole goal it's his whole reason for living it's the reason for the show um because if if she had died at the beginning of the show i don't really know what he would have done yeah. like he i don't know he probably just would have withered away and died or something he wouldn't have had that motivation to move forward so i think he always has that kind of motivation and yeah um just kind of started him out like a little bit more i think just doughy eyed bright eyed even though he even though all this all the stuff goes down in the first episode just kind of having give giving him that more of a novice you know thing like he's never he hasn't really killed any demons he doesn't know what's happening he's just trying to get through it to the point that we're at in the series now where he's you know killed multiple demons he's protected all of his friends and he's pulled off some incredible moves that he didn't even know that he could do mm. um so i think that kind of you know slowly helped us develop his confidence yeah but to even, where it is now like what you're saying it's like even in the way that he experienced that tragedy it's the way that he, the way that you portrayed it in the performance and the, obviously it's existence in some capacity in the the original japanese but the way that you had portrayed it it's it's that kind of naivete to experiencing this kind of tremendous loss which is kind of real like for anybody who's experienced like in in my experience you don't really know how to deal with that type of trauma it it can be surprising and it can take you off like it can unguard you and it just seems so authentic to now see even the way now he experiences rage and the way he experiences like this tremendous like vigor to overcome and conquer things it's like I'm, I, it's a, such a very satisfying arc of a character to watch, and I think it's part of why it's one of the most successful shows. Obviously, everyone loves the cool arts, the the, the sword styles, and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. it's a, you guys are a great cast, you, Alex, and 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 Bryce. You guys are all lovable. The characters are all very lovable, and oh, it's thank you. it's. But I mean, it's a lot of it really. Um, especially from a dub perspective, it's beloved for a reason, and it's a lot of it is because you guys have such hardcore, dedicated performances. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, it's just been so cool to work on. Yeah. I feel really blessed being a part of the show and, you know, just kind of getting to getting to do this while while I can, because this role, it truly is like one of those once in a lifetime roles, I think. Like, I I don't know. I, I see Bryce kind of grow up uh, as this industry goes back, you know, or as, as it kind of goes on. Yeah. I think he might have did like a 10 year 10 year anniversary thing for Sword Art Online. And it makes me think like, wow. Is that going to be me in 2029 doing a 10 year anniversary for for Demon Slayer? Thinking about thinking, just thinking back like 10 years of working on this show, how my life has changed from just being a part of it and the opportunities it's given me getting to travel all over the world and like meet fans of a show. I've met celebrities and celebrities kids have come to meet me just because they have watched the show. Like it's insane. It blows my mind every time. And it's just hard to, it's just hard to remember like how important this thing that you're working on is to other people because it's such a small team. It's me, the director, the engineer. I, you know, I record it at home and then I go into the studio. Sometimes it's just a small group of people, even, even with social media until you, until you see, until you do a panel at like New York comic con, it's packed with like 5,000 people. Then you realize, Oh wow. Like, yeah, this is pretty important. <laughs> like, this is no pressure. <laughs> There's no preparation, I think, for that kind of global phenomenon that that happens. And, I mean, you've had it happen to you in multiple occasions. It's not just Demon Slayer. I mean, you've experienced it in some level with earlier, you know, like even Once Punch Man was really beloved yeah. and had virality. But Genshin Impact, I think, you know, those two Goliaths oh, combined, totally. it's kind of like <laughs> you're standing on two Nuts. juggernauts right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when that whole, when Genshin came around, the funniest thing about it is that, um, you know, when I got that audition and I went in and I, I auditioned for it in person, I thought it was going to be a small Chinese game, yeah. like a really small mobile game. I'd done so many mobile games that they just like kind of bring you in for. It's not really a huge deal. Yeah. You do your session, you walk out, you never it, you never see it ever again and you might never hear about it ever again. Mm. Um, and because I'd done so many of those at that at the point in time, um, this one was a little bit different because the director specifically like requested that I I read on this. I I had never worked with a with a studio that recorded Genshin, mm. so uh, the director asked for me to read on it. So that's what made the studio contact me and said, okay, because um, I had worked with this director on another game, and uh, and so I read for like a few characters, and it just so happened that like this that the protagonist of the game is the one that they gave me which again at the time like i had no idea what it was same same with this thing i started recording genshin around the same time i I believe it was around the same time i started doing demon slayer which was somewhere around like end end of 2019 ish somewhere around there and i i just had no idea what it would become yeah like not at all no people didn't even talk like i worked on the game and they had like a little beta and some people were hyped for it and some people like it had a small little following of a community i'm like yeah i think that's probably where it'll stay i didn't imagine that like half the internet would be playing Genshin Impact. It's insane. I mean, I I was aware of the beta because I I don't know how I became aware of it, but I'm a huge uh, Zelda fan and I loved Breath of the Wild. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh, me too. Breath of the Wild anime style. And so... 100%. Uh, I, when that game, when it came out, I played the shit out of Genshin when it first came out. Like, I played <laughs> the shit out of it because it was just so... 
it, it found all the right niches of everything from like appeal in the anime world to character design to the voiceover interaction to the world building open worldness quest like it had all the right recipes for success and obviously you can't know that when you're recording it right. and it just kind of explodes in your face but something really fun about Genshin I saw a video that you did I think on your YouTube probably where you like impersonated all the different characters. Oh of, yeah, of your, dude, dude. But I have to say, man, that like obviously I've I, I've loved your work and I think you're extremely talented. But watching that video and it's kind of like what you were saying earlier with your piano rhythm. That's where I was like, this kid is the real fucking deal. Like he's got insane chops because you are able to embody so many things so quickly you're almost like you you have a bit of like not a, a layer further than impressionist because it comes from like an actor's heart i think where you're impersonating a little bit of what these people are doing but you're also capturing a little bit of what their their soul is and you're like even in those quick seconds where you're like i see you grinding these lines in your head and you're like do it like this no no do it again do it again find this find this find this i'm like <laughs> You can tell. Yeah. I can see you mining for the minutia, and it's the rhythm, and it's the heart, and everything. And I was like, "Fuck, dude, this is fucking good, man!" Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's just so impressive. Um, like, what has it been? What is what has been the most like? Obviously, surprising. You said is probably the 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 success about it. But what has been like the most? Um, rewarding in the performance aspect because your character, um, it doesn't—he doesn't say many lines. So, <laughs> it, at least in the uh, in the game, like you know, because you're this somewhat of a silent protagonist. Would you be? Are you yeah. defined as a silent protagonist? I I believe so. It's it's very weird because he has he has full on conversations in the in like the voice menu. Yeah. But not a lot of people, I guess. I, I don't know. I think people just like to meme and stuff because they like to they like to hear the voice lines while they're playing the game. Mm. You know, they don't want to like go into the menu and like do all that. Like they want to they want to experience it live, yeah. like in the world of the game, which I totally understand. So I'm not entirely sure. I would say that he probably that he is like a silent protagonist, but he it's very it's very much like a. I don't know. He's like a link in a way. Yeah. He's like he's like Link, where he does all the sounds and he and he, but he says some attack moves, and then every once in a blue moon, he'll say, I don't know, uh, a word or a sentence in a cutscene, and it's just kind of random. <laughs> um, and a lot of the fans feel like that too. They're like, it's so random that he just like said that line. Why doesn't he talk more? And I'm like, mm. yeah. But um, yeah, I think one of the coolest things I got to do for this character. And it's my favorite quest. Um, it was this quest called the We Will Be Reunited quest. And it's where he sees his sister, like his long lost sibling. Because that's that's sort of his, uh, the that's sort of the traveler's goal is to find his uh, his sister yeah. or find like their find the sibling. So he sees his sister again and she's kind of like working with the bad guys. And, th and there's just sort of like this emotional moment. And, and we got to fully voice that cutscene um and i got to do two versions of him one version of him was like you know he's still the young he's still kind of like a young he's the young protagonist and he's kind of ignorant to the world that he's in he doesn't fully understand what's going on and then there's his sister and his sister has lived for thousands of years apparently now in this world and there's a, so there's a whole reason why she's working with the bad guys um, but anyways, because, because you can choose the male or the female at the start of the game, um, 
I, I get to record lines for the male protagonist and then the male like evil one mm. right so that was very cool a cool kind of mix up i got to be evil as him for a little bit or like technically evil i guess mm. and then i got to do his typical standard like oh no like come back with me or whatever he says <laughs> that's got to be fun i mean when you get to do those um and obviously there's like a lot of like those updates too where you get to play as the character and and talk about like uh, oh yeah a lot of the, the new things that they have uh, it's it, it's a really magical game and it's captured the hearts of a, of a lot of people i have a i was gonna ask this through genshin but i think it'll it'll be more fun if i expand it to just the roles you've played i guess like uh Tanjiro, you know, you're, you got the Traveler, you've got everybody else, Genos, Byleth, yeah. Fire Emblem. All your characters are in an epic freaking brawl. Who, who do you think's coming out on top? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, oh, man. Oh, who, would, who would win out of all of them? Um, let's see. I don't know. I... I'm com- I like I have to believe that it would probably be you know weird it I think it would be between Tanjiro and and Ether. I think it would be very it would be very close yeah. between the two of them, but I feel like Ether has some unknown like ethereal power still that we haven't discovered with, yet within him because i a lot of people forget is he's technically an alien like he's not even from mm. that world so maybe there's some kind of secret locked up this isn't like foreshadowing or anything <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i wish this i knew is not canon <laughs> the company would kill me yeah um yeah. yeah no so i don't know maybe I, i'm leaning towards i'm leaning towards ether but then again i don't know maybe tanjiro would find a way like brute strength you know you'd he would find you could I, I don't know you could break every bone in his body and he'd still keep yeah you know trying to kill you with the sword <laughs> like i feel like that's totally on brand for tanjiro so maybe i don't know he'd be close between those two for sure we gotta get one of those like you know those people who make like those epic battles between like goku and superman you know oh like, yeah they should do one between tanjiro where they di- and, uh, where they dissect it yeah, yeah and try to figure out like what is it that we know about each one and who is gonna win against who i'm down for that whoever does that we gotta get them to uh i want to see that <laughs> yeah that would be good well dude this has been an insane pleasure um I, I am I've been in awe of your work. I really truly believe you are one of the most talented people in this industry and oh, thank you. I just can't wait to to see all of what you are going to continue to do. Um it's just so exciting to see someone have such passion and like desire to see their work uh, get even better and I'm 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 just a fan. So um thank you for doing this. Really really appreciate Dude, it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I've been wanting to come on for a while now and I'm and I and I've been seeing the clips pop up from other people <laughs> too and I'm like, "Oh wow, like it look like I love the way that I don't know, I love the editing and stuff you guys do. like how it's it's just very much, you know, catered to the online audience like, you know, it's boom, here's the topic, here's the answer, like 
that you know what i mean Aww. instead of just having it instead of just having it be like you know a long thing sometimes people will do a youtube video and they'll and they'll ask like for example it's like if you make a youtube video out of this like <laughs> you know who who would win tanjiro versus ether and then you put it at the very end yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like at a 20 minute video so I, so yeah no i've loved seeing the clips and stuff and i've wanted to come on for a while i'm glad it worked out for for like the schedule and stuff because yeah when you contacted me first time around i remember like i was going through it uh, it was it was not looking at my schedule i might have been working on like the demon slayer game or something or, or one of those projects where it's where they're like okay you have like thousands of lines uh we have a month uh, good luck uh dude <laughs> I, four hours every day i truly I, I i can only imagine the amount of work that you do and again like i i just appreciate you coming on and thank you for all the kind compliments that you 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 are one of the hardest working people in this freaking industry and it's it's impressive oh, to see you. you're 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 lucky you're young because you have more stamina than i do man <laughs> i get like sometimes when i get those double days i'm just like i don't know if i can I'm, yeah, <laughs> i don't know I, if i have it in me <laughs> I will say I have been I have been like pushing back on those as much as I can to try to like just to try to not do some of those because there was a time when I was doing I think that was the time when you when you initially contacted me like I was doing you know at least eight nine hour session days and I was like just not talking at all after after those sessions so I could be ready for the next one the next day and I mean it was it that was like one of the most brutal times of my entire life like I was so I was so tired and I think about trying to do those sessions now with and I feel and I mean again I'm only 24 but even just thinking about it tires me out I'm like I don't know if I'd be able to do that again <laughs> I don't know what I would tell production I'd just tell them sorry guys like you got to give me some more time yeah. like I just like I can't do it I like vocally vocally physically mentally like I just I can't I can't keep up with it but I think that um it's a great problem to have and I feel super blessed just to be able to just to be able to do this and and to work so much and like have all these opportunities I'm I'm just one of those people where I can't I can't turn down opportunities anymore because that was you know that's like that's where I came from yeah. you know I have to like you can't forget what started it all and for me it was it was just always trying to do something taking a class meeting new people and overall doing that competition even when I I could have swore in my head like you, you I, I remember exactly how I felt about it and I was com and I was completely turned off to it. I'm like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Decision's final. I'm going to just go home. Like I am completely. And I had that. I, it was solid in my head until, until Erica. And again, she probably doesn't even remember this <laughs> until she convinced me to, to step back into life. She's like, Nope, like, let's just do it. Like, just do it. It'll be fun. Sometimes that's all that's all it takes is that push and I it, your gratefulness is very apparent and your generosity is very, very apparent. And I think a lot of people appreciate that about you. And I, I see it when you're at the cons, you know, the, the ones that I've been at that you've been at, you know, the amount of people that line up for you and everyone walks away with a smile on their face. And that means a lot to a lot of people. And to know that the hard work you put in, and that's also the thing too, when we're talking about these double sessions, knowing if you could do it, because not everybody's going in there at 100%. I mean, I'm not trying to, there's no specific person I'm calling out about this, but not everybody is, <laughs> yeah. not, there's a lot of people in every industry that make careers and they're not, they're not emptying the tank every time. And it's, oh, yeah. when, when I look at all your performances, I see the tank, you know, without seeing you at that session, I know that you're emptying the tank in whatever capacity that is. And, and it's, it's tough to maintain that. So I'm 
I, I'm appreciative of all the hard work you do and, and at, for the industry and for what is the, the standard now. You are one of the pioneers of, of the, the new generation of, of voiceover. And this this so, so crazy. It is. It is crazy. And you deserve every ounce of it. And it's kind of you're a part of this new voice actor celebrity movement. I know that's probably a hard pill to swallow, but that's kind of the <laughs> voice actor celebrity. It's, yeah, it's real. That's, wild yeah that is wild because no i hear what you're saying like voice voice actors have it's kind of been taken to a different level with the explosion of anime and video games and people actually caring about like the voices behind them now and conventions and i mean social media a way for us to promote ourselves versus just being like you know a voice in the shadow that no one ever hears about because you don't have a face to put to it, but then you go on and you do like a live stream or something. You go, you start a YouTube channel, and all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh my gosh! Like I know this guy. And he's like, he's kind of cool. Like, he, and he does voices. I mean, and and like they're things that I know. You know, it's not like some dude just doing a like a Mickey Mouse impression. Like, you know, I could go play a video game, and and that's him. Like that's his voice. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, overall, man, I just feel super blessed again to just to be a part of this. Um. Thank you for all of the compliments. I, I just I'm not good at taking <laughs> like I I'm like I just I'm not used to I'm not used to so many compliments, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And you know, your professionalism and just how you conduct yourself doing doing these and like this this whole podcast. I mean, it's it's awesome. Like you can like you're on top. I mean, look at your setup. Like who else has a camera, camera and light setup like that? You. I bet you got everything. You got the <laughs> yeah. We're very dude, I honestly I think we're a lot more similar than we might imagine I, I i it's it's very odd that we look so similar um i, I that is so funny I, I love how you have i bet you i bet you watch like a lighting tutorial did you not like you watch like like you get this light on this i, I forget what it's called and then you have the uh oh the, dude i the, have a background in film production man i have you know that your key oh, light you re- your fill light oh, wow. your backlight your hair light i mean my whole <laughs> I, I, st- I came from, you know, I've only been really in this voiceover industry, like, for the capacity that people know me as, like, a voice actor for, like, two years. Because really? I, I oh, moved wow. out here in 2020, and before that, I was living in New York doing theater, film production, indie film, TV, uh, you know, I was doing television series, movies. Um, no way. Yeah, I, so oh, I, I was wow. producing movies, and... I, I made my living really doing promos. Like I was the voice of Nick Sports. That's like how people. Damn. That's how I. That's how I made my what living. Am, <laughs> what am I doing? I got to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> Heck no, dude. Well, I, listen. I, I would do anything you asked me to do. You. You have my absolute um, thanks and gratitude for doing this and for sharing all the wisdom that you've done. I think you are wise beyond your years, and you have the experience to back it up, and the intelligence and the hard work that you've put into understanding everything for yourself. I mean, it's like it, it's. So so funny too because I, I mean I know you love video games and that probably had a big part of it and I know you stream and you have a YouTube channel but even the the effort you've put into your setup here which I know you're not doing your 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 voiceover jobs oh, here yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I just know that you have an absolute standard for like professionalism and quality and it, it, it says a lot about who you are without me even having to know you like the fact that you've gone through like the the, the finite details of have a good setup no like good lighting to like make your your background look dope as shit like I appreciate so that <laughs> it's so funny because after seeing your setup and like your lights I'm like damn I gotta improve my lights I, <laughs> and I have like these two I have the two key lights on each side and I have my camera tuned to like 6100k or whatever like 
like for the lights. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I I just like watched a whole tutorial on how to like how to do this, and I set it up one day, and I'm like, you know what? I think it's I think it's good good enough. But um, I'm planning. Hopefully, once I once I move and you know get it, I'm planning on moving sometime this year. Get a new space. Uh, hopefully, I'll get a chance to set up a whole like studio oh, studio shit. with all the cool stuff and have it all i mean yeah right now just in my room that i have here if if you could see beyond what's on this camera you would probably die because it is just a mess dude it is awful. i i understand that i completely I, i'm very there's a mess everywhere i'm like my cable management is atrocious right now now near my computer oh, same so that's that's one thing i really want to improve on cable management to try to just make things look clean yeah. because whenever whenever things are clean you know i have a better better mind space like my my mentals just just better i wake up i feel very organized and like i know what i'm doing maybe that's why i don't feel like i know what i'm doing because i just have a big mess all over my desk <laughs> well and it i looks, haven't picked it up the yet. part that matters looks extremely put together so oh well thank that, you <laughs> that you got that going for you trust me um but no Heck it yeah. looks great i i love watching everything you do I'm, I'm so excited to see more of your success i would love to um, we ask most of our guests this, and I know you've given us so many like personal experience, nuggets of wisdom. So we ask everybody on the show this question, and it doesn't have to be related to your professional career. It could be personal. It could be whatever you really want, the way that the question inspires you. And the, the question simply is, is there an experience you've had in your life that has motivated you, changed you, inspired you, words of wisdom that has lasted with you, that you feel passing those things on to somebody else might have some value? you and like I'll give you one of mine for instance as I usually try to come up with new ones I might repeat myself at some point so forgive me if this is the first time this is happening but you know I decided to run a marathon without zero training and while it was one of the stupidest things I've ever done in my life like I paid for it royally in the physical aspect I, I it showed me that my limits are extremely far beyond what I think they are and I think that applies to a lot of people in life with many things like we think we have a threshold point and that threshold point is actually way beyond what we could even assess and imagine. And obviously you should do things safely, voiceover, like don't think you can scream for 10 hours, but I think <laughs> yeah. that we have the capacity for a lot more than we've ever done. Um, and running a marathon with no training really showed me that. So is there anything for you, it can be professional, it can be personal, um, that really inspired you that you think would inspire somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I think just don't, I, I think just being truly, I, I think being persistent in something and being willing to accept failure and not looking at your failure as um, as a bad thing, but something that you can grow from. I feel like that is the difference between people who are successful at something they do versus people who uh, aren't successful. A lot of people will take failure and they think that it's just a big stamp of disapproval that's on their forehead forever, but uh you know learning from that failure it's funny because the things that i do i don't necessarily expect to succeed in all the time or even like other little ventures that i that i just do for fun or if i again like if i ever started up a restaurant or something i wouldn't expect to be like massively successful at it right away i would expect the failure and even if i didn't expect the failure i would say expect failure and embrace it and learn from it and then use that as as an experience or as a 
point of experience uh, where use it as a point of experience that you take it and you use it and you grow from it because without those failures there's so many things that I did or did wrong and I would have never grew and I it's just there's not enough knowledge in this world like you can keep learning and learning and learning so embrace your failure and just be persistent if there's something that you really want to do don't give up on it a life-changing change to make in your perception of what goes into anything you do in your personal or professional life i think recognizing like you're saying your failures as opportunities for growth can literally be the thing that elevates you to a different level in whatever you're pursuing because i think what you're saying is we a lot of people and i was one of those people write those failures off as like those you know uh you've been you you're tainted you have you've been blacklisted because you made this bad choice but like can you watch the tape can you assess that moment and say what did i do not necessarily wrong but what what did what is the thing i did that i think i can improve upon and use that as an opportunity for for growth it's extremely um uh, vulnerable to do that and i think it's actually a uh, uh, one of the biggest indicators of someone who has a lot of strength to recognize their vulnerabilities or weaknesses and to try to grow upon them. So thank you for sharing that. That's a, a very, very relatable for a lot of people. I think we all struggle with uh, assessing our failures and, and wanting to admit that we can we can do something from them. Yeah. I mean, even even when I was so young, a lot of people, you know, I think it's just weird because I because I am so young and I was young when I started doing all of this. I had been trying to do this for I don't know what it was like three years before I really got like a serious opportunity to, you know, to to audition for something. And that's just an audition, you know, like the auditions, not even like you could audition for a million things and still not get a single one of mm-hmm. them. Um, so I think that's just kind of important to, to remember is you just kind of, you, you should stay with it. You have to stay, you have to stay with it, stay focused and just learn from, learn from mistakes or failures or little things that slip but it's i I realize it's hard a lot of people will view it as um as like you know that was their one shot and they blew it and it's over but if you didn't learn anything from it like then maybe it is over for you if you didn't learn something from it but if you have something that you can look back on and learn from it then it could take you to a whole other place like you said a whole new level Mm, beautifully said Thank you so much, Zach. Uh, best of luck. I will be rooting for you. I voted for you in the Crunchyroll Awards. Oh, dude, thank Everybody you. Everybody else should. If you haven't <laughs> watched uh, uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, please go do it, and then you'll immediately want to change your pick if you did not vote for Zach already. <laughs> is there anything that um, is is been announced that you want to talk about that you can talk about? Obviously, we always we give people an opportunity to say, "Hey, check something out." If they haven't, is there anything that people should be watching if they haven't or playing? Ooh, um, yeah, I don't, ooh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I know Fire Emblem Engage recently came out, and um, I have not played it myself yet, but I know that there's a lot of great reviews on it. People love that game. I had a blast working on it, so go play Fire Emblem Engage if you haven't. I love playing Byleth, and he actually has voice lines now, so, you know, there's some dialogue you can hear. It's not just like, 
<laughs> like that, that's not all you hear. That's uh, I, I love the Fire Emblem series, and I was gonna say like it's got to be so exciting to see that character go from uh, three houses to Smash to now come back and engage. That's got to be such a rewarding like. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's so wild. Especially I played Smash when I was like seven years old on on the GameCube with one of my one of my best friends and I'll never forget it. And yeah, it's just it's just weird to to be a part of it or be kind of like immortalized, I guess, in in the game. For real. It is kind of yeah. a, a, a stamp of immortalization being part of the Smash series. I think you it's a character that gets beloved in a whole different way for people that just it's one of the most popular games of all time. So um, kudos to you. Congrats on Thank everything. Uh, play Fire Emblem. Uh, engage if you haven't. And everybody, that was one of the most enjoyable uh, episodes we've had with Zach Aguilar. So thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate it. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Points of experience, baby. Yes. Check it out. Thank you, dude. Go. <laughs> wow, so much can be said about one of the, you know, rising stars of this industry. He is not only is he like a rising star, he is like the fucking star of of like the anime and video game industry. Like when you when you think about anime, it's hard to not uh especially from a voice acting perspective to put Zach's name up there in in terms of like these pivotal roles and and in contributions to all these wonderful titles and you know his hands have touched or his vocal cords have touched some of the most prolific titles and properties and it's it's great to have people who are good people genuine people talented people that are, are are a part of this and raising the standards for everyone i i really think um you know cyberpunk is is such a Wow, it's just I, that's one of the most recent things that has like changed the game from a visual and storytelling and connecting the tissue between games and animation. And I'm excited for what the new version of that is. You know, we saw it in Arcane and all these other things, and having really amazing performances is just so fantastic. Um, I'm just so happy we got to have Zach on. He is a uh, a real treat he's he's so down to earth and uh that was a lot of fun so thank you guys for watching make sure you like subscribe review us on the apple and the spotify it really means a lot to us and uh yeah share the podcast with your friends and your family let them know what's up um thank you once again and uh we will see you all on the next one